We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Pack-A-Day Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what is up green bay packers fans welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast i will be your host today you can find me on twitter at jacob morley and i am joined today as always by my co-host Ross Uglum. Find him on Twitter at Ross Uglum. Ross, say hello to all the good people out there. What's up, everybody? Enjoy this uh, slightly extended Victory Monday, getting this on a Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little Christmas Christmas football, man. Ain't bad. Ain't bad. I wasn't mad about it. I've been mad about the lack of Thanksgiving football for good Thanksgiving football for a long time. I mean, I haven't seen Packers-Lions on Thanksgiving in a minute, and of course, everybody remembers the loss to the Bears at home with Bart Starr and Brett Favre in the building. Yikes! Yeah, and which, which honestly, I that thought crossed my mind on Christmas because it's like we can't have nice things on holidays. On a holiday where franchise records were broken, I, you know, just kind of like, good Lord, is right. that something that is just going to be a thing again? Like we can't just really celebrate this, but no, I was actually, I was at home watching and I mean, in my parents' living room on their, you know, big ass TV trying to watch it in there. But then my family comes out and joins me. And I love my family very much, but I tweeted this about my, you know, my lovely sister coming out there just knows nothing about football. And, like, that's fine. I don't care. That's totally fine. If you don't like football, like, good on you, right? Um, but just the first quarter, I had to leave, and I watched the rest of the game on my laptop. Oh, I threatened to leave the room, like, eight times. Yeah. It, this yeah, is it, My sister Janelle says this first, first quarter. She goes, oh, Aaron Rodgers still plays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he's he's like he's pretty old i'm like yeah, he, yeah he's been he's been around for a while but yeah and then uh yeah and then just the questions you get and stuff and it's it's not it's not a great experience and that's why i typically only watch games by myself 
Um, but that's all right. My family's great. Had a great uh, Christmas. Hope everyone out there had a great Christmas as well. Um, but around the holidays, Ross, like there's there's a lot of you know mental stuff that goes on. A lot of people struggle with their you know mental state. And one thing that I think is is going to be really uh, really productive for us today talking about kind of that therapy type stuff is one thing when you do when you have anxious thoughts, when you struggle with anxiety, which I do. I struggle with anxiety. I've been to counseling over this type of stuff. One particular exercise that you like to do is you like to pinpoint your fears. You like to say, what what's scaring you? What is causing you this anxiety right now? And let's put let's put it in the light. Let's put it out there and let's see what's the worst that could happen. And I feel like for Packers fans right now, that, you know, as the playoffs are approaching, as this team continues to win, you know, some of the um, some of the people on Twitter that love to hate on this Packers team, that continuously love to hate on the team, love to point out, okay, the last two weeks they've only won by three points against teams that were decimated by injuries, right? These are games that they should have won. They didn't cover, you know, all that type of stuff. So I think that's causing a lot of anxious thoughts for this Packers team, which I think it's good to talk about this stuff, to say what are the things that scare you the most about this team? And this the first segment is going to be negative, Ross. This is going to be negative. This is going to be tough. But we got to work through this stuff. We got to work through this stuff. We got to look this stuff in the face if we're going to overcome it. All right. So, the thing that scares you the most about this team, what might cause this team to potentially lose in a big spot versus another heavyweight type team? What are some things, Ross? And, and I'll let you get started on this. What is one thing that scares you about this team? that could sink this ship? Um, you know, I, I think defense is the top the top thing. You know, them dropping into the mid-20s, low to mid-20s um, in defensive DVOA. Uh, you'll notice, I think there was, you know, one tweet, and I'm sure it was maybe after the Kansas City game or something like that, where I said I would maybe possibly consider potentially maybe – admitting I was wrong about Joe Barry. I, I gave myself a lot of outs there, and it's for this reason. I mean, they have and, – and I, I would guess that I, I can probably guarantee you the run BVOA is going to go down after this week. And I would pretty much guarantee you the overall DVOA is, is going to go down. And people are like, yeah, whatever, stats are for nerds. But this is a statistic based on – your schedule, the actual people that you've played and how much better you're doing against that schedule than the other teams. And and it's, in my opinion, just way better than total defense, which can be thrown off by a million different things and can, can be made to look stupid by a million different things. Uh, by the way, Mr. Mr. Stack, Mr. Morley, the Packers' defensive ranking at the end of last season under Mike Pettin, 17th. Mm-hmm. They are a worse defense this year. Mm-hmm. And they can't stop the run. They play too soft. Um, they, they're they 12-3, and three, but uh, this this is just not an elite defense, period. It's just not. Uh, and I, 
yeah, I, I don't know what else to tell you. It's just not an elite defense, and people really did paint it that way, uh, at is, least early. What is this team's record if Rasul Douglas does not basically come in with a Superman cape on and play the way he has and close oh, yeah. out some of these games? I mean, yeah. that's it. He's good for at least two wins. This year. What if nobody ever? What if nobody ever gets hurt? I mean, besides J- Jair, what if? What do you think this roster looks like if Kevin King and Eric Stokes have just stayed healthy? What do you think this team and their record looks like if Kevin King and Eric Stokes just stayed healthy the entire time? Because I know there was another corner, another veteran corner that I was somewhat interested in on the practice squad as well. I don't think he ever made it to the. Um, to the active roster, and his name is escaping me right now. But Dunbar, Quentin Dunbar. Yeah, Quentin Dunbar, right. They were looking, <laughs> and, and you're right, man. Uh, imagine if they never get to that level of desperation. Yeah, and I think the only thing with defense, I guess the there could still be that, you know, that 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 – Knight shining in that shining armor, whatever that whatever that saying is, the guy riding in on the horse with Jair coming back, and even if even if it's just, and I, I was thinking about this today, even if it if Jair comes back and can't really play, but even if he just comes in as like that dime safety type guy and plays 15, 20 snaps a game, like people will be up in arms, mad about why he's not out there playing more. But like the guy's still dealing with an injury. He's still going to be dealing with this the rest of the season. But even that is a significant upgrade. Um, I don't think I don't, I'm just at the point that I just don't think Zedarius is coming back this year. Like, I think that's fair to say, unless he starts practicing this week or next week, but it just doesn't seem like he's close. So um, those two guys, if they were to come back, I think you could get some a, a potential boost. But Ross, I would be, I would be, I would venture to say that your worries about this defense isn't necessarily about the personnel. It's more about is Joe Barry going to use this personnel and put them in a position to be successful? Right, and you know, I think if you have elite personnel like all over the field. That does help. You know, if you do get a version of Zadarius Smith back and you use him as a monster backer out there with uh, with um, Devondre Campbell and you, you deploy some of that kind of stuff, you know, kind of a psychotic Clay Matthews role when they had to move Clay Matthews off the ball, I think you could have something pretty cool, pretty special. But right now, I've mentioned it, you know, again and again, the Packers have three players in dime that you can just ID. Mm-hmm. And that's Henry Black, Chandon Sullivan, and Chris Barnes. And whatever, however they're on the field, other teams can look at them, whether it's nickel. And what I mean by that is whether it's nickel, Barnes gets work in base as the second off the ball linebacker. Um, Chandon's obviously in there constantly. And look, now last year, and, and this is the one way they have improved, they had another one. You know, they had Kevin King that you could ID. And there are a lot of teams – and, and you even see, like, I would argue the Browns kind of outsmarted themselves as far as, you know, stopping using Nick Chubb constantly. I think with three timeouts, they could have run the ball down the field and and probably set up for that field goal. I don't think they needed to throw it with two minutes left and three timeouts. But but you you outsmart yourself. And that's something that the Bucks didn't do. 
last year. They just said Kevin King and Chandon Sullivan stink. And we are going to throw at Ch- at Chandon Sullivan and Kevin King until Green Bay does something completely different. And it just never happened. And so if you get a stubborn, smart <laughs> team like Leftwich, Arians, and Brady, if you get a team where they are just going to ID Black, Barnes, and Sullivan until you're blue in the face, that's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem. And it's potentially a solvable problem by the additions of – Z and of specifically Ja. I mean, especially um, if you just leave Sewell and Stokes to their devices on the outside and deploy, you know, Jair in that nickel, that becomes a pretty scary secondary. Yeah. And I think you just, you just touched on the, what's the worst that could happen with this team. You know, your, your biggest fear is, is the defense continuing to uh, trend in the wrong direction and, and what's the worst that could happen I mean, it happened last year with the Bucks. You run right. into a team that's going to say, "Here, we got a full season of your weaknesses on film, and we're going to exploit that as often as we can, and we're not going to out- outsmart ourselves. We don't need to. You got these things we can attack. We're going to attack them until the game's over." And that's what the Bucks did. That's you know, it doesn't have to be the Bucks. It could be you know the Cowboys, the playing the Rams against so, you know someone that can come in and and exploit these things and. Um, and that kind of le- leads into what my biggest fear uh, for this team is, and it's not necessarily it's not necessarily the defense because I think the, the defense is the obvious one, right? But just trending in the past when we're you know our PTSD is the three NFC oh, is it four now four NFC championship games that the Packers just laid an egg, you know, or did this or that. Uh, I think a recurring theme in a lot of those games are things that plague them all year, but they were still able to win. So it kind of got brushed under the rug. And I think that thing right now is this first quarter offense. It's been awful. I mean, it's one of the worst in the league, which is yeah. bonkers because this offense is contrast so good. from last year. A stark contrast from last yeah. year. They I mean, started I think hot they, they, always. They they put it on the the ticker right two point four points a game in the first quarter. That's just that's so uncharacteristic for this team. And I think we've kind of just been like ah yeah, yeah, fine. They they figure it out throughout the game, and then they just and they do they just they railroad teams in the second yeah. third quarter, and then they kind of it's they kind of coasted in the fourth, where you've gotten some of these backdoor cover type games against these teams that they had a two score lead on and felt like they were in control of the game. I kind of felt that way again with this Browns game. It's same as Baltimore. Even when they were driving at the end of the game, you just kind of like, eh, they'll they'll figure it out. Like they're not. And that's a game like that's that. a philosophical thing, Jake. That has you know bothered me for a long time with with the defensive coordinators and, and apparently with the offensive staff because it remains an issue. Is this time and yards philosophy once you get into the fourth quarter where you can just bleed the game away. And it's like, you know what bleeds the game away? Scoring more touchdowns, mm-hmm. breaking the opponent's will. Like, they just think fourth quarter, nine minutes left. Well, if we do two four-minute drives, they're not going to be able to score twice and win the game, especially if we kick a field goal. Well, it just doesn't work like that. And, and all the, by the way, you're good enough to not just sit on the ball. You're good enough to move the ball. You're good enough to score. That's what you did normally in the first three quarters this season and in quarter two and quarter three. But the all gas, no breaks thing has honestly, Jake, 
been some bullshit this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I think if you had some truth serum in Matt LaFleur, you would say, well, in the fourth quarter, we want to just matriculate the ball down the field. And I get it to an extent. We've seen it at times with this team, like being, a, being able to put a five, six, seven, eight-minute drive together in the fourth quarter. And that, and that is backbreaking. But just go score. You know, like if that's right. if that's how you if that's right. how you get to it, great. Great. But like don't keep your don't take your foot off the gas pedal. If they're still daring you to beat you over the top, then damn it, beat them over the top. You know, go yeah. score in 30 seconds. Who cares? Yep. Um, so I I get that absolutely. Um, but that's my biggest fear is like against like a Dallas or a Tampa or a team that can score in bunches, like just coming out and being down 17 to nothing at the end of the first quarter and then being like Okay, here we go. Because that's kind of what we see. That's what we saw last year with the Bucks, right? In that NFC Championship game, is they got down early and then they kind of came back and they just. But the Bucks just were able to keep them at arm's distance the whole game because they started out so poorly. Um, so that that's my biggest fear. That's what I'd like to see them get fixed. Um, we didn't even mention the special teams, which we don't we don't need to. That's been talked about enough. Um, but that was that's the negative. That those are the negatives. And the bottom line is, and, and the people that are going to come out and listen to this and be like, "Wow, Jake and Ross, that was really negative." This team is twelve and three, and you, like you're right. Like I will ride that train with you till the cows come home because, abs- like, yeah, this team is in the business of winning football games, in which they are doing, um, and that's great. That's great. But you know, it's it's great to do those things against the Browns and and the Ravens. Uh, but you got to go and do it against the good teams in the NFL. Is this team good enough to beat those teams? 100%, absolutely. You know, I'm on board with that. But it's well, just the, the, little, the things that scare you. So and that's um, the thing, you know, is like, look, folks, the, if Jordan Love had started this game and it was next year, we'd be ecstatic. I would be, you know, whatever. But, like, everything, when you have Aaron Rodgers and you play in Titletown, everything is looked at through the lens of – can this team win a title? And the way they played yesterday, no. <laughs> but the way that they played against the Rams, yes. You know, the way that they've played, um, in my opinion, both times against Chicago, hell yeah. I mean, I know Chicago stinks, but they they kicked their ass. And so um, that's why this Baltimore and Cleveland stuff is concerning and why – you you know you we get called the hate and I know the cheesehead TV thing is a bit and, and I love what those guys do obviously it's where I got my start but like calling us the haters or, or whatever folks yes the Packers are twelve and three but does it really matter if they lose again on the last weekend in January no nope nope and that's what we're here for like we're here to win championships like that's that's what the Packers yeah. are all about as people that follow and cover this team and like this team. Like, that's what we want to see. Uh, I'm sick of hearing, I'm sick of hearing about the Rogers only one title type thing. Aren't you? Like, I mean, come on. Like that's, that should be the goal every year with this guy. They should have, even yeah. when he, even if they win two, that's still going to be the narrative is they should have had more. And honestly, it's not all false. You know, they, they probably should have more than one, but they absolutely should have more than one. And so that's kind of like where the anxiety comes in with it as well. Like, and, and not to mention Ross, this is, this team is all in. You want to talk about all in teams? You're saying this is it for Green Bay. I don't know what this team is going to look like next year. 
Um, I have yeah. my guesses, but you really just don't know. It's going to be once this thing is over with, it is going to get very interesting in Green Bay um, as you know, as far as what happens. But again, that's all the negative. Let's talk about some of the positives. Let's talk about the things that the reason why this team is 12 and three. And one question that I have for you that um, I was talking about today with a couple other buddies and it's, it's about Yash, right? So one, is this team good enough to win a title with Yash Nijman playing left tackle? <sighs> Probably. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that's going to be a problem for what it's worth. I, no. I think there is a plan for Bakhtari. Packers football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Recently, I was just able to pick up tickets to Packers Vikings in Minnesota, going to be heading west for that game. Attending my first game in the new Vikings stadium, cannot wait for that. Let me tell you, it was so incredibly easy to use TickPick. No awful service fees. I cannot recommend it enough. And the easiest way to do so is by going to TickPick.com slash Packaday today to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets or any other tickets that you want to purchase. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
Well, that's that leads me right into my next question yeah. because Yash has played well, like right. So he he's he's played as good as a <laughs> as a guy in that spot could play. And if they win it all, he will get the praise that he deserves one hundred percent. But the question was so with how and let's just say Yash has been playing average left tackle in the NFL. He's been average, right? So if Bakhtiari comes back and let's say it's it is the NFC Championship week, he is cleared to play in that game. He's got no live reps this year whatsoever. You're Matt Lafleur. You say we're going with the All Pro, right? Of course, he's playing no, the Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, okay. no question. He's that good. And that's and, and I do get some of the you know the trepidation about like. Uh, he hasn't played. He's going to be rusty. It's going to be a good like, and I get that. I do, but I think you just hit that. You hit it on the head. He's the Hall of Famer. He's your franchise left tackle. If he's cleared to play, he's playing. Right. It's it, as good as Yash has been. Bakhtiari is playing, and, and it's going to be the same for Turner. If he's cleared to play, and he's got a week, you know, two practices, and then throw you throw him out there because they are your best tackles, and they need to play in that game. Um, so I thought I just thought that was an interesting question. I know that I I've talked to multiple people about that. That that's kind of one of the things you're starting to be like, well, does he play? Because he's gonna be rusty. And I think the answer is slam dunk yes. But Ross, you just got done with your film study for today. Um, if you guys did not check that out, go to Ross's timeline. Always one of my favorite bits of the week. Um, just him going through the game and just making sure we are all aware of the nitty-gritty details of that game, all all broken down into nice, easily digestible tweets with some clips. So if you do, have not done that, please do that. Uh, but, Ross, what are – give me – give me, let's go. Give me your three, three biggest takeaways, positive takeaways from this yeah. game versus – and, by the way, I did not prep you at all on this. So if you can just give me a nice, clean three, top three, uh, positive takeaways from this Cleveland Browns game. Uh, just lay that out for us, Ross. No, that that's fine. I, I just I love that you um, went back with the uh, make sure I was going to be positive. Oh, I, um, I know what your number one negative would be. Yeah, <laughs> my positives. My positives, you know, are going to be um, the defensive backs and the the way that they played outside of the scheme. Like, I didn't love a lot of the soft coverage that allowed allowed some completions, but. You just saw play after play being made, and and honestly, like the one guy that didn't make a play, Eric Stokes, was making all sorts of plays. You know, like we we said this before the show. If if the man had average hands, he might be a Pro Bowler as a rookie. You know, he's been that good. He's been that impactful. I was really impressed with him. Easy speed, Ross. When you talk about easy speed, when you're going through this like draft process, and you throw that word around with these corners. When people say easy speed, they need to talk about Eric Stokes because he, he makes NFL receivers look like they're running yeah. on, on the beach. Like he Yeah, his, his catch-up was a lot of fun, uh, both on the two-point conversion and his drop pick. That Just watching those bunnies, man, watching those burners, it was sweet. Um, the second thing, Rodgers, I mean, he's just the MVP of the league, like, what he was able to do before either him or him and Matt or Matt, whoever took the foot off the gas there. I don't know what the hell that was about, but just him in the second quarter was absolute electricity. Um, And then I I guess the third thing is 
kind of an under under the radar thing, and that's Royce Newman. Um, he has really, really become an average to above average player. And as a rookie, you know, sometimes that means you're going to be a Pro Bowl player. Sometimes that means you're going to be an All Pro player. But the 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 second half of this year, he has been an average to above average right guard. And, uh, you know, folks forget how, you know, how long TJ Lang sat before he even got to play. Uh, folks forget that, you know, Josh Sitton wasn't Josh Sitton right away. Neither were, you know, a number of these guys that have ended up being really, really good for Green Bay. Like Corey Lindsay was a good football player, but he wasn't all pro Corey Lindsay until like year five, you know. So um, I, I, I'm i really impressed with Royce and, and I think they've got some real options. I It would kill me. For them to let Billy Turner go, especially considering he does have like almost five million in dead cap, if they do let him go, um, but boy, you can you can certainly see a, a, a Yosh, and I've been wrong about this. I, I got to admit it. Um, I forgot that he played three years of left tackle at Virginia Tech, but one full year of right tackle. So it's on film, and if they believe you know that they can get by with uh, you know Yosh making no money, Newman making no money. Myers making no money and then paying Bach and Elton a bazillion dollars. Maybe that's what they have to do. Yeah. And that's, I'm glad you brought up Royce because I, that's something I said this week. And I think a lot of people, especially with offensive line and narrative gets set, right? He, Oh, he sucks. He's not good. And, and some of that's us, right? It's Cause he wasn't very good at the beginning of the year. Um, so him being able to kind of turn that around and, and, really and I don't, solve I don't think I ever said he wasn't going to be good. I just think, mm-hmm. you know, we were being very honest about like, yeah. this is, this is not good right now. Well, and, and the Corey Lindsley is a, is a good comp because he might be on a very similar trajectory where Corey Lindsley was able to come in and, and just survive kind of his rookie year. And that's kind of what Royce is doing. And I think in the future, like the Packers love Royce. And I think for good reason. He is a he's a freakazoid athlete. He is their prototypical offensive guard. Um, played tackle in college, playing guard now. So I think he's going to be a player that they just really love. And the offensive line stuff moving forward is going to be just it's going to be really fascinating to see what they do. Um, but Ross, I'm not even going to talk to you about the negatives because we we went through a bunch of negative <laughs> stuff at the beginning, and I know that you think Chris Barnes sucks, so um, we don't need to talk about that. Um, but. Uh, if you want to know more about uh, any of that stuff, like I said, we can go back uh, and check out Ross's timeline. And uh, Ross, where else can we can we check out some of your uh, game breakdowns? Yeah, um, you know we're always cooking good stuff up at Packer Report. Perry Goldstein and I just did a, a fun breakdown of the Browns. We got a little bit weird, you know. That's why we had a little Packers after dark. Um, it wouldn't, you know, not in the traditional sense, but it, it's one of the shortest days of the year. It was definitely dark outside when I started cutting up the film. So we did just more of kind of a chat as highlights played in the background, but it was fun, you know? So, um, check out my Twitter feed at, at Ross Uglum, check out Packer report, check out Packer report TV. Uh, we got tons of great stuff going on as well as all the awesome things going on right here at Packaday podcast. Right on. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoy listening to these podcasts, make sure you're giving us a five-star review or wherever you um, take in your podcast. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. And until then, go Pack Go.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.